You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Terry, which is from our sermon series, The Beatitudes, Jesus' Talk on the Hill. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Hey, good morning, everybody. Four days before Christmas, I want to invite you to our Christmas Eve service. Uh, We're going to be doing it with Generations Church from Pleasant Hill, and we get to welcome Pastor George and Kristen Willis to be with us along with their church. Uh, It's going to be Christmas Eve, 5 o'clock to 537. We'll be done in time for you to get home and enjoy a great evening. It's going to be outside, so dress warm. But we are excited to be able to gather together, well, with you and so many others that really haven't been able to gather for a while. We're going to have communion and candlelight, and uh, we're just going to celebrate Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. So would you come and join us? We'd love to have you here and uh, pick up your Creekside uh, uh, Christmas Eve kit where it's going to have everything in it you need. And if you can't make it, we invite you to join us online as well and come to the church and pick up your Christmas Eve uh, kit from Creekside so that you can uh, do everything that we're doing uh, in the confines of your home. We're so close. How is your shopping going? Are you finished? Have all the gifts that you've ordered online, have they arrived? Uh, If you're all finished and everything's there and wrapped and under the tree, you might be a little smug, maybe even a little proud right now. But if, if that's not the case, you're probably a little bit desperate, in panic mode, hoping they will all come based on where you are in this shopping continuum. It is difficult, though, isn't it, to escape the reality of gifts this season. There are those who are a little bit humbuggish who say we shouldn't give any gifts. And then there's probably the other extremes that believe we should give gifts to everybody. Uh, Somewhere in between is where I like to land because gifts are a wonderful part of it. And I want to talk just uh, for a few minutes this morning uh, about the Christmas gift, the ultimate Christmas gift. I'm going to tell you a story from a number of years ago, right before I uh, came to Creekside. In 1988 to 1992, uh, before I arrived here, I had the joy of teaching in the public school system in Manteca Unified School District. I started out as a substitute teacher, and because I already had a degree, I decided to go back and get my teaching credential, and during that time, to help finance it, I was a substitute teacher, and I worked with 14 different schools, often uh, getting long-term teaching assignments for teachers who uh, were on maternity leave, who got sick, or who ended up just leaving for whatever reason. It was in 1989 that I received a long-term kindergarten assignment. (laughs) Now imagine that because I was used to teaching a junior high and high schoolers. And all of a sudden I get thrust in uh, to this kindergarten class. I have to tell you, it was quite a ride and a really joyful experience for about four months. The the assignment came uh, really at probably the teacher's favorite time of year, uh, November and December, when there's the Thanksgiving break and then there's the Christmas break. And for teachers at Christmas time, uh, it's usually just a joy-filled time because you have all of the students who come in, they give you gifts and goodies and cups and candies and keepsakes. 
for being their teacher and just a wonderful time to show their expression. Well, I'd been there just long enough uh, to develop a relationship with these kids. And so they would come into class uh, during that last week of school before Christmas break. And uh, they'd give me gifts, and I loved it. I was always deeply moved by the little gifts uh, that these kids would bring me. So when my kindergartners in this class would bring me a present, I'd individually uh, take them to the back in an area where my my desk was in this open cubicle area. And uh, because I wanted them to know how excited I was that they would take the time to just give Mr. Riley a little gift and I'd open it and share the excitement with them and hug them or high five them. Uh, One day I noticed this little girl, her name was Kristen. She was just this little blonde haired girl and, and she was just kind of off in the corner and she was noticing every time that I would take one of the students back there and she'd probably hear kind of the celebration and, and the excitement that would be coming forth from that area. Well, Kristen came from a single mother's home, and you could tell that this little six-year-old blonde uh, probably didn't come from a lot of economic resource in her home. Uh, Often she came a little bit disheveled in school, and you could tell that her clothes were worn and sometimes uh, not the cleanest. But it was the day before Christmas break that Kristen, uh, she came to me and she said, Mr. Riley, Mr. Riley, I got a present for you. And I was kind of excited. I'll come back to that uh, rest of that story in just a few minutes. I want to read about the Christmas story. The greatest gift of all when Jesus came to us. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, uh, because he was of the house and the family line of David. So he registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and she was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them at the inn. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields. They were keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And it says, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Uh, But they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For look, I'm coming to bring to you, to proclaim to you good news of great joy. And it will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born to you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, for you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is this, imagine this and you're there. There's a heavenly host And the angels were praising God and they were singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people that he favors. And when the angels left, uh, they returned to heaven and the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and let's see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in the manger. And notice what they do. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Wow, what a great experience. What a powerful time. I want to talk about Jesus, this gift. And I just want you to see, first of all, it's a priceless gift. Only God could afford this gift. When you know people that don't have a lot of resources and you know if they give you something, it's likely not going to be really expensive, but it's going to have very special significance and meaning to your life because you know uh, in some ways that they would have sacrificed and put it together. So that gift becomes very significant. And we also understand that oftentimes people with means will give us something uh, of significance because, well, we probably or wouldn't be able to purchase it ourselves. And that's why I say that, well, this gift of Jesus is so significant and it's so priceless. There's not a chance in the world, loved ones, that you or I would be able to purchase the gift of Jesus by ourselves. That's why I say it's priceless. Because the only one I know who could afford to do it, who had it in his resources to do it, is God himself. Uh, Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 70. Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. His indescribable gift that he's given to us. I've received a lot of special gifts over the years and they're meaningful in different ways and they're important to me and they've helped me and they've helped me. Sometimes I've been given resources as a gift and you don't know how much they helped me through lean and difficult times and they carry a unique meaning and remembrance to me. All of us have those things that, uh, that we like and that have been given to us that become these great gifts and memories and special because of the meaning behind it. I have this little, uh, uh, this little pot here. Uh, when I was teaching again, there was a, a Hispanic family that came in and uh, the, the parents, they didn't speak Spanish. So they came in with uh, their, their son and they presented me at Christmas time. They said that this was a homemade dish and it was full of homemade tamales. And they just said, we want to thank you for teaching our son. What a wonderful gift. What a, what a wonderful reminder that is to me of when I was with these students and just working with them. See, God's gift of Jesus, it was not only priceless, but it's unmistakable. Uh, you see certain gifts and you remember what the treasure is and what the memories are behind them. And you remember the narrative or the story that goes with it. And on our Christmas gift of Jesus, it came from the hand. It came from the heart of Father God himself. And hear me, loved ones, that as we gather today and on Christmas Eve for communion and for our candlelight service, it comes to simply remind us of the pricelessness of this gift of Jesus. And that you'll never forget that God himself, because of his, of his great love for you, he spared no cost to give us the priceless gift of his son, Jesus. It's also a really personal gift. Uh, what we read in the text today in verse 11, it says today, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Don't miss that, friends. It's for you. It's for me. It's for everyone. It's a savior. What's a savior? Well, a savior is simply someone well, who rescues someone from danger and delivers them to safety. See, this baby didn't stay a baby. It grew into a man. His name is Jesus, which means God saves. 
or God to the rescue. And that's exactly why he came to rescue us from what? Well, from our sins. And the angel that announced this to Mary and Joseph, when, when this angel made the announcement, he said, you're going to call him Emmanuel, God with us. And he's going to save us from our sins. Well, why do we need to be saved from our sins? Well, Romans 6.23 puts it this way, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, the gift of Jesus, he comes so that we could have eternal life in and through him. See, what are some of the wages of sin? Well, there's a few areas that are pretty obvious. Our sin separates us from God. That's why we need Jesus to stand before us and before God. Society, man, look at, look at in our socially how it just wrecks our relationships personally. It messes up our physical being and our emotional being. And then, of course, it destroys the world that we live in. If you just look around, you see all of the ramifications that sin causes. Hear me, loved ones, this is a, a priceless gift, but it's a personal gift. It, never, it could never be purchased by you or me. We can't earn it. We can't afford it. But every person needs it. And it's really personal to each one of us. Because the wages really that it took were your sins and my sins. And God gave his priceless and personal gift of his son Jesus for us. I remember so many Christmas mornings growing up, I'd get these presents. And what I would do is I would st stack them neatly beside me and kind of organize and arrange them so I would know right where they are so they wouldn't get lost in all the Christmas mess. And I would just stack them there and enjoy them. And then it was interesting. I often got in trouble for this because a week or a month or two months, three months, six months later, uh, some of those same presents would no longer be neatly stacked, but they would be stashed under a bed or left outside. These gifts that I so valued when I first opened them, was so excited about when I first had them, kind of lost their luster. And it reminds me that it's so easy for me to do that with Jesus, is to just, you know, what I valued at the beginning, now it's just kind of, that's just a gift. But this season reminds me, and I'll, I hope it reminds you that if Jesus had never been born, you could never know him as Savior. 1 John 4, 4 says it this way, the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And that's what he came to do is to offer you and I this relationship. <laughs> it's really not much more complicated than that. If Jesus had never been born, we would not be able to be, enter into a relationship with God. We wouldn't have the hope for a meaningful present life and, and be able to go through life with a sense of purpose. And we also wouldn't have the hope of a spending eternity with the living God. See, I wrote a devotional a while back, and I've said this for a number of years, and some, uh, some of you get a little sideways with me when I say it, uh, because we're all familiar with the cliche that says, the re Jesus is the reason for the season, and I don't believe that for a minute. This season is about him, 
But you and I and humanity are the reason for the season. As a matter of fact, I believe this so strongly. I've just had this thought. I think I'm going to start marketing a t-shirt that says you are the reason for the season. Well, why would I say that? Because everything that God did in this season was to bring this gift to us. It was a gift that was for us. It was a gift that was birthed out of the loving heart of Father God to us. And that's why I say, now this season's all about Jesus, but you're the reason for it. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Hear me, loved ones, my personal prayer and hope for this season is that you'll make the discovery of this personal God who loves you and gave the most precious gift for you. Because it becomes a great reminder of a couple of things. First of all, that uh, we're acceptable. I get to come just as I am because God can change anyone. We can, you can come as you are. No, no one is incapable of being touched by the love of God. Nobody is incapable of being redeemed by the power of God. No one can go too far. No one can sin too much unless they reject the gift. They receive this gift that's available, but like in a tree, it's really not a gift until you open it and you receive it. Another reminder is we're forgivable. Now, this is a game changer because it can clear your conscience. You don't have to carry around the baggage of guilt and the burdens of your life. Jesus says, he invites us, would you receive my forgiveness? I, I would like to take that from you. Let me carry that for you. You don't have to live with that and carry that anymore. He wants us to walk with him, to grow in him, and ultimately to live for him because we begin to realize and there's something in our mind that begins to understand that God would choose me. God would save me. God accepts me and God forgives me in his son, Jesus Christ. Well, back to the story of Kristen that was in my kindergarten class. The last day of school, I, after she told me she had a present for me, I took her back to my desk and from behind her, she pulled out the gift, this wonderful gift that 31 years later, I still have. And you go, well, what kind of a gift was it? It must have been monumental. It must have been big. It must have been great. Well, let me show you what it is. It's this right here. She hands me this envelope. This last day of school, the gift that she brings me is an envelope. It's dated December 14th, 1989. It says, return immediately to human San Joaquin County Human Services Agency. Well, this is pretty meaningful because I said earlier that she looked like a young girl that probably didn't come from a home of means and resources. This is probably where a welfare check would have been sent from. The contents have two colored pictures, uh, pretty pink for a cute little girl. Just little notepads that have some, some Crayola drawings on them. Oh, and then she gave me a check register. And then she gave me uh, another check register with a little scribbling on it. 
And then, of course, uh, the piece de resistance, she gave me how to play triple deal. <laughs> I don't know what the connection is between the checkbook and, and triple deal, but I can imagine that probably their family may have played some of the games. Wow, what a gift. I still have it today, 31 years later. I keep it in my desk in my top drawer. I take it out every year as a reminder to acknowledge the simple Christmas gift of Jesus Christ. I want to give you a few thoughts that I take away from this incredible gift. The gift was given because of a desire to give to me. Maybe she was just caught up in all the other kids giving. Maybe she heard the exuberance with which I received the gifts. But Kristen wanted to give to me because she liked me and wanted to please her teacher, Mr. Riley. It reminds me, what gifts am I giving to my Lord and teacher this season? What would please him from my life? Because ultimately, loved ones, all I can give him is just my life. It's not much but I can give all of my life to him. It was a meaningful gift then and now. Years later, uh, it's, it, it not only has maintained itself, but it's grown in value. Uh, Kristen's gift has touched me, and the value is found in its simplicity. I think the same can be said concerning the life of Jesus. His life continues. The value increases as we spend time with him, as we live with him, as we walk with him, and we begin to understand the cost of his coming. We begin to know and understand that his life was given for me and for you and the great love that he has for us today and that a beautiful truth is that he is praying for you and I today. Uh, The book of Hebrews tells us that he lives to make intercession to pray for you and I. And I think another great reminder is sometimes the greatest gifts come in the humblest of packaging. Here we don't, don't mistake simple for cheap. Kristen didn't buy it. She didn't make it. She didn't build it. Uh, she simply took what she had, some things that she could find, and she put it together oh, just because she wanted to gift me. See, our Father's done the same thing. Think of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The most precious thing, the greatest part of this triune being, he says, I'm going to give my son for these people that I love. God incarnate was delivered in the humblest of packaging there's a manger. There's animals around. There's no, there's no Hilton. There's no Ritz-Carlton for the royalty of God. It was simply a stable where divinity and humanity dovetail into this one precious package <laughs> for all mankind, for all humanity, for all ages to take a moment to receive this gift and to open it up. And see, when you receive this gift of Jesus, I think we're going to want to be a lot like the shepherds and do what they did. We read this in the text in verse 17. It says, 
when they had seen him, the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told them and about this child. Hear me, loved ones. I think when you really see Jesus, you're going to want to tell others about this gift. You're going to want to share this gift with the people around you, the people that you love, your family, those in your relational orbit. Those people that need, well, they need to know about Jesus. Maybe there's some people in your life today that you'd say, boy, I need to, I need to take some time just to share. We, our Friday morning group, one of the brothers was saying, you know, I just want to share Jesus because I know that there's an eternity that every one of them are going to have to face. Maybe this week you're going to be meeting with family or you're going to be meeting with friends. Maybe today you can begin and start to pray for them. Ask, for, ask the Lord, how can I reach out to them? How can I build, build bridges of relationship to them? I want to encourage you to be courageous, to remind whoever is sitting in your family room that 2,000 years ago, God came to visit us for the sole purpose of rescuing us and saving us. Because he saw that you and me in our time to come, people then, human beings were, were living, they were sinning all over the place. They were self-destructing, taking it out on others and causing concentric circles of self-destruction going on all around them. And then add to it where we are now in this last year in a crazy season, there is unprecedented hopelessness. But Jesus came not just to save us, but to give us hope. God did some amazing planning, as all good gift givers do. God's plan took heaven's breath away. And today, if we really stop and think about it, it can take humanity's breath away because the plan involved the sacrifice of his son that was most dear to him. His plan involved rescuing each and every purpose, person to give us hope for a better preferable future in life. And it was his son. Talk about unbelievably pricey, expensive, but no cost was spared in this gift for you and for me. First Peter 4, 18 and 19 says it this way. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. <laughs> No, but it came with the precious blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, a lamb without blemish or defect. You weren't redeemed by what? It couldn't be things that, were, that you could buy it with silver or gold. You were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only son. Friends, that's a gift. It's an expensive gift. I think we can understand why the heavens exploded in Luke chapter 2 when all of this birthing took place. I mean, there's music going on from heaven. There's angels the night that Christ was born. And there is this crescendo, almost like the hallelujah chorus, but it's glory to God in the highest. You know why? Because they knew no one had ever given a gift like this before. They knew that there would never be another gift like it. And nobody else 
could pay for it except Father God, the one who said, I so love the world, I so love you, that I'm going to give you the best gift ever, the ultimate gift ever. That seemed pretty simple coming in a baby as a little child. But that child became a man, and he's a man today. Still loves us, watches over us, prays for us. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's what we celebrate this week. I want to invite you to join with me and let's pray. And maybe today you would say, wow, this Christmas season, I've never understood it this way, or I sometimes forget about this gift. I want to invite you today to receive the gift. Each one of us has to open it. And the way we do that is by simply inviting Jesus into our life and saying, Jesus, uh, I want to follow you. I want to receive your forgiveness. I want to follow you and go your way. We may not understand all of it, but it's a decision each person has to make. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by going to church. It happens in our heart, in our mind. It's a decision, a choice. And you get to make a choice today to open, to receive the gift. And I want to invite you just to pray with me. Father, uh, we want to come today. And like Paul, let this be a crescendo from our hearts that declares thanks be unto God for this indescribable gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray for my friends out there. And if you're out there today and you've never made this choice, you've never crossed the line of faith, you've never stepped up and said, I want Jesus and I want to follow Jesus. I invite you to do that right now. There's going to be this little hand that comes up in the chat area on your screen. And all you need to do is to click that and just make a declaration, a decision today that says, Jesus, I receive you as the ultimate gift into my life. I choose to unwrap all the blessings that you bring and the forgiveness and the acceptance that you bring to my life. And I choose today to follow you. Would you come, forgive me my sins as I follow you? And that's where it starts. Simply, uh, but it's a choice. And for those others of us that maybe we want to share the gift with somebody, Lord, would you give us the courage to remind people around us because someday every one of us is going to stand before God and nobody can say if they celebrate Christmas, I didn't know. No, because every day, this day marks the coming of the most significant man, God-man, who came to this earth. And so remind us of that. And Lord, maybe some of us have been a little bit neglectful with this gift. We've kind of stashed it. We've kind of put it well, under the bed or kind of hidden it. Remind us that this is the season to come and to bring it out. And I pray, Lord, that we would courageously speak of you and your love to the people around us. Thank you, Jesus, that you came for me, for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the ultimate simple gift of your Son, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas.